on assignment in a remote, swampy area of South Florida. Here looking for Corporal Kirshner, new to the World Wrestling Federation out of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Corporal Kirshner, a true son of America, and a man with an outstanding military record. As a matter of fact, I have scrutinized it, and you too can look it up and document it. Corporal Kirshner, a member of the 82nd Airborne Division, that division serving our country so valiantly during the Vietnam conflict. In addition, he now heads up what is known as the 3V Division, that being of vigilance, vengeance, and victory. I talked with this man's commanding officer recently. He told me, Corporal Kirshner, one of the bravest recruits to ever serve under my command. It is here where apparently Corporal Kirshner does his training for his upcoming battles to be within the ranks of the World Wrestling Federation. I hopefully can find the man here someplace. Corporal, you fit right in. I walked right by here. I didn't see you. Mean Gene, you won't see me here. This is what it's all about. This is my training ground. This is where I'm getting ready to do battle in the World Wrestling Federation. There's something I like to say to the people, though. I'm proud to be Corporal Kirchner. I'm proud to be an American, and I'm proud to be in the World Wrestling Federation. I thank you very much. Corporal Kirshner on his way to the World Wrestling Federation. Patriotic stuff was always sort of a thing back. Uh, I mean, this was it was like pre-attitude era because. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, I think one of the earliest iterations of wrestling is just here's the all-American versus the random foreigner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the all-American boys from Texas, the Von Erichs, obviously that's a German name based on. Fritz von Erich, who started off as, you know, this evil German, was his gimmick. Yeah. Even though he was like, so yeah, there was something about always, wrestling always, like you said, just always went with that zeitgeist of just like an American hero is going to take on the, the evil threat. Yeah. And he, they actually had a lot of, always had a lot of success with it. I mean, Hogan. Hogan had the the uh, real American song, but I never saw him as a patriotic gimmick guy. He was just uh, yeah. He would just randomly carry out the flag, depending on you know yeah. he had the flag because he kind of took the the feud over from the Iron Cheek, you know, and he had the American made shirt. But interesting story about the uh, the song "Real American" that was on the the first wrestling album that was his theme music, mm-hmm. that which is after "Eye of the Tiger," and he moved to "Real American." That was actually written for Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, you know, the the father and uncle of Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. The song Real American was written for them at WrestleMania 1 when they wrestled uh, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. Really? And they lost the straps in that match when Freddie Blassie broke a cane over their head. But that song was for them, and then they actually left not too long after that. And I think that's when Vince realized he's probably going to have to start buying the rights for these songs. So he's just like, oh, why don't you take these songs? These these guys are are leaving the territory. So, yeah, they were the U.S. Express. So, wait, they came out to the uh, All-American, the the Real American The Real American, yeah. And if you uh, go back and listen to that, the wrestling album, you know, Vince McMahon, right, you know how him, Jesse the Body, and Mean Gene were doing intros to each song. He yeah. tells the story of how this song was for mm-hmm. Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's kind of funny where he got it, but he, he kind of just ran with that gimmick yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So, which I don't know. It's just I don't know if like with Mike Rotundo, you know, he was just uh, – he was an all-American wrestler out of Syracuse, so I don't know if that's kind of why they went with it, you know. But Barry Windham never really had that vibe, you know. His dad, Blackjack Mulligan, 
was more of just like the the West Texas Redneck kind of thing, which later on they actually used that name, West Texas Redneck. So I don't know where they got the U.S. Express, but it didn't last very long. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like you said, this, you just it got me thinking, you know, this was a big week for patriotism and wrestling because this was – the summer always had the Great American Bash, right? right? And Dusty Rhodes would book those who – you know, Dusty Rhodes obviously – Americana, Dusty Rhodes, he was always had that U.S. hero, the working man without being straight up, you know, red, white, and blue guy. But he came up with this Great American Bash gimmick, which is basically multiple super shows across multiple towns because that's when house shows were a little bit more important. So it was interesting that NXT just ran this Great American Bash, and it didn't seem like they had much patriotism to it other than, like, the border on the – and then they had the, you know, the Statue of Liberty in the back, but they didn't really have anybody that was kind of like coming out representing the red, white, and blue. Felt a little Hydra to me. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, the, the yellow and black, right? I and mean, they've kind of got that ominous um, sort of U.S. flag that looks a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> it looks a little Nazi-ish. <laughs> it did have that. And it's just like, I would figure someone, like I remember one of the great American bash you know, eventually when it did evolve into a, a pay-per-view or the last the last Great American Bash show would be the pay-per-view. And like Sting even got into it and he painted his face red, white, and blue and he had the red, white, and blue jacket. So I'm really surprised they didn't kind of do something with it. And I know Cody kind of put out a statement and just like, you know, even though it was his dad's show, he understands it's business. And But I, I, feel, I, don't, I don't know. Or maybe it's just the times we're in now, right? Because in a way patriotism has been weaponized and almost just like was used against people in this. So maybe they don't want to fully embrace that. And they just kind of want, this was the history of the show, but let's just move forward. If you're a true patriot, you'll put on a costume and storm the Capitol. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Or you'll stop in the middle of the Walmart next to Mountain Dew and start singing the national anthem and get everybody to sing along. That doesn't feel like North Korea at all. (laughs) So maybe it's just a different time. Uh, so I don't know, maybe that's why they didn't embrace it. But also this week, uh, I don't know if you heard, another huge patriotic gimmick was the Patriot, uh-huh. right? He he actually passed away, unfortunately, uh, of a heart attack. Uh, but he he started off as the trooper in AWA. The trooper? Which, yeah, he was basically just like a state trooper, huge guy. <laughs> and he just had like the mirror sunglasses, like super troopers. Yeah. He had that, and, you know, he had like a whip and... But later on, he just kind of went with this Patriot gimmick where he just literally had like the red, white, and blue mask, uh-huh. very Captain America. And mm-hmm. uh, I got to work with him in Global oh, really? a lot. Yeah, he was he was a really good guy, but he ran with the gimmick. Now, mm-hmm. when they brought him in, they basically said, you know, if we could even get the rights to – this was before, obviously, Marvel became MCU. It was like, we'll even try to get the rights to make you like officially the Captain America mm. of pro wrestling uh, and he was all for it. A really nice guy uh, is when Eddie Gilbert was running global. Uh, so he decided, well, we need a foe for you, right? And you always need, you know, the anti-American foe. And at the time, this was basically when all the stuff was going on with Iraq, mm-hmm. you know. So instead of actually getting somebody that was a representation of a culture, they got a representation of a weapon mm-hmm. and they got somebody 
his foe was named the Dark Patriot. Uh-huh. The Dark Patriot came out uh, with almost opposite colors, kind of like Bizarro. And then he, and I think they eventually landed on, let's just go with black and red. Mm-hmm. And the Patriot missile was the Patriot's finisher, which basically was a big shoulder block off the top rope. Mm-hmm. The Dark Patriot's finisher was the Scud Missile, and he did the same exact finish <laughs> off the top rope. So, yeah. like, he basically, the representation of the weapons at the time, right, because we heard that all over the news, was just, like, the Patriot missiles shooting down the, the bad guy missiles, but then they had the Scuds that could shoot down the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So, Global was kind of running in that direction. No and weapon of mass destruction? Yeah, no, they didn't. They actually didn't the have The WMD? That. Come they on. They should have. That was, like, it was right there for it. it was, I think it, it didn't last very long. Uh, I got tied into it at the time because I was still kind of new in the business and and there, and they were trying to come up with a way because obviously they were going to have a mask versus mask match, you know, and the loser is going to get unmasked. Yeah. So, and there's no way the Patriot was going to get unmasked. And uh, here's some KFA news for you. The dark Patriot was actually Doug Gilbert, which was Eddie Gilbert's brother at the time. Mm -hmm. So those guys obviously have a lot of legacy in wrestling and they're, and they're great guys and they're really smart to the business. So they were trying to try to figure out how they were going to do it. And I happened to just be sitting there, you know, uh, changing. And then, you know, later on I found out like, Oh yeah, then, you know, they almost use you in that angle. I was like, what? I was like, yeah, the, what they were going to do is just, uh, Doug was going to lose the match. Dark Patriot was going to lose the match and they were going to have an unmasking and it was just going to be you. And then they were going to grab another wrestler back there, and he was going to come out as a dark patriot, dressed as the dark patriot. And then they were going to unmask it, and it was going to be another guy that actually came to the matches with me. Mm-hmm. And you were going to never know who the dark patriot was because it was going to be very much like I am Negan. Yeah, you know, we are all the dark patriots, and we were going to kind of do this angle with that. And I thought it was great, and it was just like, and I would have got a nice rub from it. And they ended up not doing that. It was kind of lamer what they do, and it they it didn't work. So, the stipulation was: if you lose the match, you take off the match, the mask. He lost the match. He took off his mask, and can you guess what was under the mask? What? Another mask. <laughs> and the stipulation clearly said that you were only had to lose a mask, not all your masks. So when he unmasked himself, he just revealed another dark patriot mask, and it very much had that. Per- feel to it. It's like it, it, it was kind of lost to it. Cause I think people are like, wait, well no, just take off that mask. Like, no, that's not what the rule said. I think it was a little more confusing where I think if a, just a bunch of met, you know, unknowns just came out and start ripping off the mask and say, we're all dark Patriots. You could have had like a, a minions kind of feel right. Of just like not NWO level, but you can definitely do what the dark order is doing right in right. AEW right now. It's just like, we are all dark Patriots. Yeah. So it did not work out that way, but RIP Dell Wilkes, he was, he was, like I said, he was a good guy, uh, but he really did. Obviously he was the representation of what the patriotic gimmick was, mm-hmm. uh, which we were already, you know, I think at, around that time we were all already accustomed to like Hulk Hogan and Dusty Rhodes and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Right. You know, he was a big patriotic wrestler even though you yeah. know he always came out with the blue but he always had the two by four in one hand and he had old the USA glory chance. yeah and his what a great gimmick that he somehow managed to get two of the most famous chants in the history of wrestling because mm-hmm. he had ho mm-hmm. <laughs> which i don't know what that represented just ho. yeah but man people would just like remember after the matches like any house shows like you'd be walking you'd be 
10 blocks down the street and you could still hear people going, oh, you're just like yelling that. Yeah. But during the match, obviously, the USA chants were big. It's just like, so you know you're over when you got two chants. Yeah. That basically, the, but. Now USA has a completely different meaning when people yell it. Yeah, I think it's, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's crazier to think that, you know, in 2021, that that's kind of what it evolved into, that you can't really have somebody. Uh, well, I guess the closest we had to it recently was Jack Swagger. Remember, he was the un-American gimmick that yeah. he came out there uh, with Dutch Mantel and uh, Cesaro, right? Mm-hmm. They, they were the un-Americans. But he had that We the People chant, mm-hmm. which ended up working, but at, it was supposed to be a heel chant, like, don't tread on us. You know, the Jack Swagger that became that heel yeah. would have been a capital stormer, right? Right. I mean, it's like the reflection of the culture, as yeah. wrestling always does so well. Yeah. Um, they sort of reflected what was going on in the political landscape at the time. And, but unfortunately, he had a really cool shirt because he always put his hand over his heart. So they had that. And then he had the We the People. And people. wrestling loves chants. We can do a whole show on some of the most famous chants of all time. But mm. that actually turned him weirdly baby face because didn't they do something with uh later on with alberto right that he kind of came out and uh dutch mantel was just like he had like a half american half uh mexico flag do you remember that i don't remember that one yeah so i mean i think it became very un unfavorable gimmick that was when alberto left you know this before all his crimes that he's uh being tried for right now Mm -hmm. but yeah it was strange how that you know even that gimmick now would not work the un-American because I think it's just like people are, you know, the, the capital storm is still very fresh in a lot of people's minds. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, if you get out there and some of the indie, um, on some of the indie stuff you can find on YouTube, sometimes they go pretty blatant with, uh, the, um, political gimmicks nowadays, right? Yeah. Didn't you find one that you had sent me not too long ago? That was basically, he was like a, was he like a Trump ranter or, mm-hmm. Yeah, they, I mean, he was on Jericho's podcast. Oh, was he? Yeah, and he's a, he's got a Trump gimmick, and he re- wrestles in Mexico. Oh wow, that, that's got to get some. That's like nuclear heat. Did the whole build the wall thing <laughs> and every everything like that. Oh wow, and that's scary, you know. And and it was always you know a little frightening to be in Mexico and and see how much heat like some of those heels would get, mm-hmm. and just like wow, you're gonna need like some security to take you back, you know, t- to the locker room. But yeah, I mean, there's been some stuff that's kind of backfired. Like, remember, they had the, uh, it wasn't not too long after 9-11, and they basically had, I don't even remember his name, uh, but they definitely was just like, let's kind of take advantage of this, you know, this whole afraid of terrorism thing. After, mm-hmm. and it was a little too soon after 9-11, and I think it was on SmackDown, and they ended up pulling his gimmick because they're like we're going to set you up to wrestle Kurt Angle and yeah. kind of hope to recreate that Sergeant Slaughter versus Iron Sheik. But it was I, a terrorist gimmick. It yeah, was a suicide was bomber. Don't tell me it was that. No, it wasn't. But he was definitely he alluded to a, a beheading, mm. and I think that was it. And then he got fired. And I think I don't remember the name now, but like he's a school teacher now, and I think he's trying to put that sure. gimmick behind him. That was just like wow, that was like. Something you don't really want to do, but like Vince has never really been afraid, you know. Obviously, Sergeant Slaughter, one of the most patriotic wrestling gimmicks of all time, you know. Even he had his run where he turned against America, you know, and he became right. an Iraqi sympathizer and teamed up with his arch rival from all those years ago. I mean, that hot, hot 
you know, that hot feud between Slaughter and Iron Sheik, I mean, that was like even pre-Hulkamania, but that was like what everybody talked about. Mm-hmm. So then for him to turn, you know, to team up with Iron Sheik is now, you know, Colonel Mustafa and, you know, General Adnan, and they basically be, you know, became this Iraqi sympathizer groups. And that's who Hogan, who you duly pointed out in that WrestleMania 7. Oh, yeah, in that photo. Yeah, it totally looks like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the poster for Toxic Avenger, I think. So, yeah, you'd call that. I was like, wow, I did not see that. But, I mean, for Slaughter to do that, and I and I, you can read some. Uh, there's some interesting interviews out there. Basically, you know, Sergeant Slaughter was getting death threats, and, you mm-hmm. know, they had to hide his family and stuff because it was still, even though this was WrestleMania 7, so, like, you're talking, what, 91, 92. Mm-hmm. Kfa was already out of the bag, but I mean, they still had a lot of people that it was still kind of raw for. I feel like that, you know, I think around that time period, right? That probably that first Iraqi war is where it really started to turn. That it's just like you can't necessarily just march something out like that and not expect public backlash, right? But I think before that, it was just like because you think about it, Iron Sheik's whole gimmick was based on you know when he came out, and then he was basically you know bragging about how his you know, his, his, his fellow Patriots took 50 Americans hostage in the Iran hostage crisis. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was just like, if that was 10 years later, it'd be like, they would have got canceled. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't do it, but that's what they built the whole thing on. And they did great house show business based on iron sheet kind of running with that, mm-hmm. you know, and then, but somewhere in between that Sergeant Slaughter sympathizer and being the un-American, he became, G.I. Joe, the real American hero, and that was when he had his first break off with WWF at the time because basically Vince was not going to let him sign a deal that didn't include Vince, which was to become the first live IRL G.I. Joe, right? Yeah. They, he, was, he was in the cartoon. They built the whole character. I mean, I have the action figure on one of my shelves. I think I mean, you had to save the proof of purchases and uh, send them away so yeah, you could get us to Sergeant, get Sergeant Slaughter. Slaughter. So, and Slaughter was all in it. I mean, at the time, you know, you know, living in Connecticut, you know, he, you'd see his, you know, his camouflaged, like you couldn't have a camouflaged uh, limo now because you would, they would think it's just like, oh my God, what is this redneck doing? <laughs> but back then it was just like, oh my God, that's Sarge's, you know, limo. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, he ended up breaking off with WWE over that, you know, that Hasbro deal with GI Joe and Vince being Vince tried to replace him quickly with uh, Corporal Kirshner. Do you remember Corporal Kirshner? I don't remember, I don't remember Corporal Kirshner. So Corporal Kirshner later on, uh, you know, would be a fan. Uh, we would be a fan of because after this gimmick pretty much fizzled, he became Leatherface, you know, because remember we talked about on this show, no one mm-hmm. cares about IPs. Oh, right. He, he became Leatherface in Japan, you know, and actually that, I think it was that Onita exploding frontier martial arts wrestling. He was Leatherface there. But before that, he was Corporal Kirshner. And it just didn't catch on because he wasn't, you know, Sarge was around for a while and he had that drill sergeant, you know, look. He had the chin. He had the the look. Everything about it just worked. Where Corporal Kirshner was just like this, again, I hate to say it, he would look like a capital stormer now. He just had the camouflage red, white, and blue. And he was basically, not red, white, and blue, The he had the fatigue, the, the army fatigues. You know, and he was basically, he looked like, uh, I'm looking him up now. Yeah. He looks, um, 
He's got, he looks like John Rambo in. The I was going to say off brand John Rambo. Yeah, in the first Rambo movie. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely off brand. He's got the John beret Rambo. and the. Uh, he's got the camouflage <laughs> tank top and the dog tags. Yeah, and he had the you know so they would show him preparing for his wrestling and it just like, I guess you know Vince always just feel like you needed to have somebody who kind of represented the flag. Mm-hmm. on staff at all times and when yeah. you lost sarge <laughs> you replaced but yeah it just didn't work it was it, i just feel like he was just there for a cup of coffee uh who else who is this the big one the big the u.s ones that you remember oh i mean how can you forget i mean the we were just talking about this lex luger and the lex express mm-hmm. right because that was a big deal because it's just like when lex came in WrestleMania 9, he started off as the narcissist. Well, first he came as part of the WBF when Vince was trying to take over bodybuilding after he took over wrestling. So he had the World Bodybuilding Federation. Right. And all their bodybuilders had gimmicks. And Lex Luger was going to be the first wrestler that crossed over to become bodybuilder. That didn't work. He got back in the ring as the narcissist. And the narcissist. Yeah. I remember that. So he had that. And then... I don't. I feel like they thought that wasn't working, so they decided to, you know. And I think that was around the same time that Hogan was leaving. You know, WrestleMania nine, they were right. about to lose. Him. They needed somebody to take Hogan's spot at that yeah. time, and they kind yeah. of tried to dress him up like a Hogan knockoff. They did, right? He had the the red, white, and blue Zubaz. They had him the red, white, and blue bus called the Lex Express, mm-hmm. and he was basically going across America, right, and just like. Kissing babies and shaking hands, right. and it was going to lead to that July Fourth Body Slam cha- challenge on the USS Intrepid. They had the stereotypical anti-American in there with, you know, obviously the legendary Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna, uh, you know. But for the Body Slam challenge, it was that was before the uh, hot dog eating challenge. It was a Body Slam challenge on the Fourth of July. <laughs> who, wait, who did a hot dog eating challenge? No, I'm just saying that was like, that was the Americana thing to go to oh, on right. there. So it's just like, hey, let's just have a body slam challenge on the USS Intrepid. And everybody went out there and, and had their try. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Lex comes driving up on that red, white. And, no, he came up from helicopter. Remember, mm-hmm. they actually went to the helicopter gimmick. And all I really remember about it was, you know, I think, you know, Yokozuna was harder to slam than even like Andre because he was a little bit closer to the ground. Yeah. So I think everyone's like, that wasn't a slam. That was a hip toss. And then I remember Hope, uh, Luger was in those boots and he can barely get his footing. Cause after when he went to run around and celebrate that he slammed him, he kept slipping. Mm-hmm. Like he's basically looked like he was running on ice, but I feel like that was a, I mean, it, everything was executed really well leading up to that, but I just don't think people, are related to Lex Luger in that sense because they already knew him for so many years as the total package and he he was probably closer to being more like the narcissist than he was to being all American Lex Luger. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was always that was a that was a fun experiment. Some of the uh failed experiments uh lead for to better conversations later on. Yeah. Uh but we can't finish this uh, patriotic gimmick, you know, and uh, shout out to Goliath, Goliath.com. We were kind of working out, there was an article written off by Stephen Randall that we were kind of working off that. And weirdly enough, I told you I jotted down all the ones I can remember and our list, list pretty much matched, except he had John Cena where I had Corporal Kirshner. Because <laughs> <laughs> John Cena, I don't remember him ever really being blatant with the flag, but he was blatant with, you know, kind of like the military feel and saluting everybody, right? Yeah. 
I think he was the dressed down patriotic gimmick, honestly. Yeah. He had the uh he had the military haircut. He did the salute. Which he doesn't have anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he definitely had some work done on the on the hair. Because mm-hmm. he was just like, Oh, he doesn't have his uh his military cut anymore. And, yeah. and the camo and the camo jorts, right? Oh, I yeah. guess instead of having the red, white, and blue, they had the camo <laughs> jorts. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, I I think he was he, he definitely they it's understated, but I think his character is assumed to be an ex-military guy. Yeah, you yeah, know, I could totally see that. But yeah, and he and he basically was right. The uh, he was their big Boy Scout, right? Mm-hmm. You know, which is crazy. Like, how did that evolve from the Doctor of Thugonomics? I don't know. Because it's mean, just like the Doctor of Thugonomics was great. At one point, did he go from Thugonomics to wearing the <laughs> Fruity Pebble shirts? <laughs> Oh man, yeah, to the point where he actually got that endorsement, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> that he got the Fruity Pebbles uh, endorsement. But I think the uh, I don't recall how that transition happened at all. I don't either. Just, all of a sudden, that's what it was. Well, people started cheering for him as you know. When you're such a good heel, eventually you're going to become babies because if you're a good heel, that means you're embracing who you really are, and then eventually people appreciate that, and then. Vince is like, let's turn you baby and make money on merchandise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but speaking of that, you know, probably the most legitimate patriotic gimmick of all time, which is the man who introduced us to John Cena during the ruthless aggression era, which is Kurt Angle. I mean, yeah. how can you not be the most patriotic rest because you literally wrestled for the United States of America and yeah. the Olympics, and you win a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he always, and, and you think about that, his music, you know, the You Suck, I guess that's what it's called because everyone chants You Sucks now, mm-hmm. but it's like the You Sucked anthem, which is kind of funny. I guess it had that uh, patriot, patriotic feel to it, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he went all in, but I mean, he was legitimate cause he had the gold medals to prove it. And I think he went out there with his flags, but he definitely embraced his all American boys. And, you know, he had the, uh, instead of shooting, you know, the, the beer truck, he came out with the milk truck, uh-huh. which probably smelled a little bit worse. <laughs> he had a little bit of an Olympian type of gimmick though. I mean, I think that's a thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was just like a legit, you know, cause he definitely had the, uh, the standard wrestling uniform tights, you know, because you just had the singlet, which is, you know, singlets were always associated with amateur wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. So he kind of had that. Uh, and, you know, they they got, probably out of everybody, they got the most mileage out of that was with him. Yeah. I mean, hands down, other than Sergeant Slaughter. I mean, Patriot was there, but he didn't have a long run. But Kurt Angle, I mean, he, he lasted through basically – you know, the attitude error with, you know, this American gimmick. And I think they kind of used it to turn him accidental heel, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when he came out with his, you know, his three eyes. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, and he's just like, I'm not going to become a scumbag like you people. You know, I'm, I'm going to stick with my my three eyes, which I don't remember what the three eyes stand for. It's like integrity, intelligence. And there was another one, but it's, yeah, they used that. To where, okay, we're going to make you a heel using this all-American gimmick. But then, obviously, then people just started to gravitate because he, he was a phenomenal wrestler. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no there was no denying it. Like, like, he can go out there and he can shoot, which I'm surprised later on, you know, they actually had the opportunity when they were trying to recreate a version of that with uh, an NXT with America and Alpha, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, 
Shorty G, Chad Gable, you know, and Jason Jordan. Like you had you you had it like right. They were they were two more like amateur excellent amateur wrestlers and you got Kurt Angle there is like it just made sense to like make that American Alpha crew so instead of doing that they broke that team up they made you know Chad Gable Shorty G got away from it and then they try to pretend Jason Jordan was Kurt Angle's son did they really yeah you don't remember and it was, no, awful. I don't oh, it was awful it was just like it was like bad it was like even if it was a soap opera, it was soap opera bad. It was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, they pretended he, he had a, like, I don't know if he had like an affair or it was just like, but he was like his long lost son. And I was just like, this is dumb. <laughs> it truly was dumb. And now, ironically, they went full circle, you know, and now Shad Gable actually has his Alpha Academy, you know, and he took Otis under his wing. And now they have who Otis was doing the comedy gimmick for so long and like, okay, never mind. Let's actually make you, you know, this badass amateur wrestler. Cause you are, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like badass amateur wrestlers in there. Like Dolph Ziggler and him that could be part of this, you know, alpha Academy is just like, and you had Kurt Angle there to do it and you, and you didn't pull it off. And it's just like, again, we don't want to turn this into a rant on complaining about WWE creative, but it was there. And like I said, Kurt Angle took his U S gold medal winner, and you still know him. People, you know, his music hits and people still go with that chant. Mm-hmm. So I would say out of all the patriotic wrestlers, he's the most patriotic of all the patriotic wrestlers. I would agree. Yeah, I would I would totally go with that. His third eye is intensity, by the way. It is intensity. <laughs> so it's in, in intelligence, integrity, and intensity. Yep. Yeah, I and that, that all adds up because he is, I mean, winning a gold medal with a boat broken freaking neck and Mm -hmm. you know that was his catchphrase for a while but that was like a shoot i mean he's super intense and for a while there he was like the best in the world like if you knew you were in a match with you know kurt angle you were going to have a phenomenal match and even and when he made that jump to tna out of wwe Mm -hmm. i mean he had some i mean he came right out of the gate with samoa joe i remember just like it had that legitimate feel like oh crap they got kurt angle and this guy can work you know, and so hats off for him, but I uh, hope everybody had a good 4th of July celebrating uh, the old school U.S. chants and not so much of the, uh, I hope you didn't stop in a Walmart and start singing randomly. <laughs> <laughs>